Change careers. Break into new industries. Transition into new roles. Reinvent yourself and make the dent you want. This is the Second Breaks Podcast. And now, here's your host and fellow Second Breaker, Lou Blazer. Hello, hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is episode 51 of the Second Breaks Podcast, and it is Tuesday, May 22nd, as I record this episode. Today, we're talking about pivots and transitions and reinventions, my favorite topic, and specifically uh, how we can use stories and storytelling to help us with our pivots. But before we get into the nitty-gritty of the topic... First off, if you've listened to the last two episodes of the podcast, you've probably heard me uh, talk about a free webinar that I'm hosting this month. It's called Find Your Unique Edge and Always Be Marketable. Unfortunately, I've had to reschedule the webinar to Wednesday, June 6th, 2018, Uh you know, things happen, life interferes with even the best laid out plans, unfortunately. And I'm not very happy that I am having to reschedule this, but I tried to twist things around and it just wouldn't work. And so uh, the good thing is that if you haven't yet registered, then you have more time now. Uh, and if you have registered, first of all, Thank you so much. I hope that you saw my note the other day about the reschedule. And I'm sorry for the inconvenience, but I hope that I will still be able to see you on Wednesday, June 6th. So a little bit about the webinar. We will cover what your unique edge is in this new economy. What exactly does having a unique edge mean? What it comprises and how you can use it to stand out in the sea of sameness in this very competitive uh, employment and work market, working landscape, employment landscape that we're in. The link to the webinar and registration page can be found on the show notes for today's episode, which is secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 51. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say is that, you know, I've been getting reviews on iTunes. So thank you so much, uh, to folks who have, uh, given me a rating, given me a review. This helps tremendously in spreading the news or spreading the word about the podcast to NY5, who said in iTunes, Lou definitely helps put your career in perspective. Listening to her guests and knowing that she has been through it herself gives me the courage to pursue my dreams and not be afraid to make that difficult change. Thank you so much, NY5, for this feedback. And I wish you all the best and all the courage that you need to pursue your career goals. You got this, NY5. Um, if you would like to chime in with your feedback, please do so. I would so appreciate it. You can do it on iTunes. And if you're not sure how to do it, uh, because, you know, it's not very intuitive in iTunes, they don't make it very easy. <laughs> you can go to secondbreaks.com forward slash review. And that link will give you the step by step. So my guest on the show today is Kay Favela. She calls herself the story finder for pivoting entrepreneurs. I grew up at, in California, uh, outside of Los Angeles. I am Filipino-American, like you, and I know that was a connection point that we had earlier. People ask me, like, why storytelling? And I joke that I 
got my start in storytelling very early on. Like I would always get that second follow-up question growing up of like, no, but where are you really from? And I, it like first used to really bother me. And I think we, you and I share the same frustration of, but I'm really from California. Like, I'm from California. What else do you want from me? But <clears throat> I think that part of the territory of, you know, growing up as a minority, being the child of immigrants, I think you instinctively know that the world is much bigger and, and wider than what you immediately see and full of so many types of people. And you learn very early on, at least in my case, of you have this incredible power to be able to change someone's perception literally by just telling them, here's where I'm from, here's my journey, and here's where I came from. Kay helps business owners who are making a change in their business direction or their business model, uh, something that she herself has gone through uh, recently. The thing is, though, no matter the kind of change or transformation that you're looking to make, it doesn't matter if it's a career pivot or a business pivot, there are a lot of similarities. There are common faces that we go through, similar challenges, and similar tools that we can use to make the transition easier. In this episode, Kay and I explore several stumbling blocks that people experience when they attempt or think of doing a career pivot. We talk about what other people quote-unquote hear when you talk about your career transition, how stories can help other people understand your career change, and how to use storytelling when looking for a new job. You're listening to The Second Breaks Podcast, a weekly show that explores what it really takes to make a career move in today's fast-changing world. This podcast is brought to you by Second Breaks, a career education company that teaches professionals how to build resilient careers in this new economy. Visit secondbreaks.com to learn more about how we can support your goals. The show notes for today's episode can be found at secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 51. Okie dokie, let's get on with the show. I honestly think, and I joke about this a lot, that if, you, if you're going to be deciding to start a business, it's not for the faint of heart, because it's just when you get start to get comfortable that you're like, how do I get uncomfortable again? <laughs> Funnily enough, Kay did not initially intend to start a business herself. I'd been living here for three, at that point, three years in, in Spain, in Madrid. I'd fallen in love with the country when I studied abroad here in undergrad in, in college. And I mean, it's hard not to fall in love with a place where, you know, they have free food with your drinks when you go out and everybody's super friendly and really, you know, really kind. And 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 it reminds me a lot of Filipino culture. Way. It's very warm people and a very warm just culture in general. And and yeah, I found a way back here. And, and I originally told my parents it was going to be for a year. And they're like, well, we're not taking care of you. That's on you now because you are no longer under our roof. And I said to them, well, <laughs> I will teach English for a year. And then I met my now husband, who's Spanish, my second year here. And by my third year here, I was looking for a way to, at the time we weren't married, um, but we were dating and I was looking for a way to stay here. But I wanted to also develop as you know, my career, I wanted to develop as a professional. And I was starting to apply for different jobs. And I found one job that was going to pay for me to stay here and, you know, take care of all of my paperwork and all that stuff. And that fell through very, very suddenly and very unexpectedly. So I had to reinvent myself very quickly. And what originally I thought it was like, well, okay, 
I'm a very sort of take charge person. I don't like to, to sulk or, or, you know, look at the impossibilities in front of me. I'm very much like, okay, what, let's survey the situation and let's try and find a proactive solution for it. And I thought, well, I communicate, I'm bilingual. I kind of like Facebook, maybe something marketing. <laughs> and so I started to apply for different master's degrees, programs in marketing. And every single one of them said, you need to have experience. And all the places when I started to apply for jobs in marketing were like, well, you need to have a master's degree. And I was like, huh, what do I do? You know, so I thought, well, what I could do is at the, at the time, it wasn't up, Upwork, I think it's called now, it was Elance and Odesk and a bunch of all of, you remember, there was like way going out before they fused together and now there's all these places now. Um, but I basically said, well, I'll just, you know, start networking offline and, you know, going to networking events here, getting the word out about what I do uh, to get a few clients to show that I have a portfolio to apply for these master's degrees. And I ended up loving it so much that I became my own boss. And I just, I basically, I say that I'm still building my portfolio for that master's degree that never came. And funnily enough, that business school or one of the business schools that I applied to where they said, you don't have enough experience now hired me as an adjunct professor as of last year. So it's just funny how it comes full circle. <laughs> Recently, Kay decided to pivot her business. And in the process, she experienced similar challenges, asked herself the same questions as other people who have made a career pivot. So it felt like coming back to base camp at Mount Everest. Like I'd already climbed the mountain. I already knew what lay ahead of me in terms of getting my business to a place where it was it was solid and it was making money and I had clients, et cetera, et cetera. And I realized that I was no longer really in love with it or that I found that my, my strengths had outgrown what I was currently offering my audience. I also was running that business in two languages and it was starting to really, you know, pull at me. I was generating content in two languages you know, every week for a time and I almost burned out and started to hate blogging. You know, it was just, a, it was a lot, it was a lot of work. And I realized I was doing a lot of things because I should not because I, I was actually, I lost, I'd almost lost sight of my why, which is why I created the business in the first place. Just like Kay, many second breakers decide to make a career pivot or a bigger career change because we want to pursue something else, right? Or flex a different set of our muscles. But while we are excited for the possibilities or the new vision that we have of ourselves, many of us soon get confronted by self-doubt. You know, do I want to coast? Do I want to stay where I am? Or do I want to continue to grow and challenge and push myself into learning something new, right? And so I think originally when you're starting out, there is this idea of imposter syndrome, right? You think, who am I? Like, I'm not worthy. You know, they're going to they're gonna find out that I'm not, you know, who I say that I am, or I, I don't have enough experience, or I don't have enough know-how. You know, like what happened to me with those master's programs, they were like, well, we can't accept you because you don't have experience resume right and I think no matter where you are when you're first deciding to start reinventing yourself whether it's changing careers or starting a business in the beginning the fact is you're not going to have that experience right but every expert was a beginner right so you may not necessarily have 
the social proof and like testimonials or, you know, associations or badges or certifications or it's just a general track record to show people that you're qualified. But again, it comes back to how do I get creative with my story in the sense of you're not embellishing things, you're not hiding things. But, you know, for example, you know, say I, I was doing a workshop for a company where they were like, I, well, I don't know what my strengths are aside from work. I was like, well, and I pointed out to somebody, I was like, well, you, you run a marathon. You ran your first marathon last year. Yeah. So, well, that actually highlights the fact that you're very disciplined, that you have work ethic, that when you put your mind to something, you can do it. And that kind of drive and dedication is something that you can actually highlight when you decide to negotiate for a raise or interview for a new position. And even though that's not necessarily work experience, so to speak, if you want to quote it that way, it's still highlighting specific strengths and talents that the person that you're talking to or selling to is looking for. So I think it's, you know, learning to kind of Well, one, imposter syndrome is always going to be there. So it's whether or not you lean into it and say, well, this is a sign that I'm moving in the right direction or you let it stop you. And two, it's, you know, getting creative and knowing that with the right, you know, set of skills, the right passions, your heart in the right place, knowing that you're genuinely wanting to serve people and give value to them and not trying to, you know, pull one over them or manipulate them or that obviously that's not who this podcast is for. Otherwise, you wouldn't be putting this out. Um, you know, that's ultimately what's going to lead you from that path from beginner to expert, right? So you just have to start. One reason people get stuck is that they don't see or don't recognize their own strengths. As Kate pointed out, it starts with keen self-awareness. And she talks about her own process for listening and really getting to know herself and how this helps her develop a stronger mindset. I think a lot of it comes from me being very self-aware. I journal every day. Um, I think that's, and especially as a writer, getting into the practice of actually writing things out. Uh, one of the one of the books that I that I wish that I was introduced to earlier is this book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, which is a really great, um, you know. A spiritual life emotional guideline for just you kind of digging through what your own strengths are and the stories that you're telling yourself and so that was what originally started my journaling practice and so what around the time that I was able to kind of figure out okay what are my skill set what are my skills what's something that I can leverage etc cetera, etc cetera, I was already putting that into practice and so one thing is getting really attuned to yourself and also starting to believe in yourself I think if, if you're if you're dealing with people and myself included, I mean, this person who you sitting in front of you now three years ago is like, what am I doing? There's still moments where I'm like, what am I doing? Um, you know, I think it's a big part of, of is, is almost like an internal alignment and self-belief of I'm capable of doing this. And, and once you have that mental switch of what am I capable of instead of what am I not good at? that gives yourself that permission to start thinking, okay, what, what do I know how to do? What's something that people come to me for that I can do very easily? What's, you know, something that I've just always naturally been good at. And that starts the sort of brain going of like, what's, what's, what's the list of things that I can start kind of putting out there on a paper. From there, it's about developing the story that communicates and positions your career journey in a way that makes sense to others and helps others see you in your new role. Who am I going to be leveraging these skills for? Or how am I going to be directing 
these passions into helping, you know, this specific, for, for my clients, it's their audience. And, and for, you know, somebody who's applying for a job or looking to change you know, change paths in their career, it's what's that company looking for specifically. And so many of my clients and students know this. I always talk about this idea of point A and point B. It's not original, but it's I think it's the best visual that I have when it comes to thinking of our audience, right? So a lot of people think, well, it's my story. So it's my journey, point A to point B. And it's actually the other way around, which is really ironic. It's, you know, whenever you know, when I'm inter- being interviewed for a job or when I was being interviewed for a job or, for example, perfect example, when I was being interviewed to become an adjunct professor for this school, right? You know, I had to deep dive into empathizing with what it was that they're looking for, right? So what's their point A? What are they struggling with? What are their challenges and their frustrations? And more importantly, what do they want? What's their point B? What's their desired outcome? What are they hoping to achieve? What do they want to have or be or do or accomplish? And so, you know, if I go back through my whole sort of career experience, no one's going to care that I was going to English, that I was an English teacher, right? They're not going to care that I was a researcher or a grant writer or whatever, or an admin assistant or whatever it was. No, because none of that stuff actually really matters to them. So it was up to me to go back through my experience highlight the part of my own career trajectory that was most relevant to helping them get to where they wanted to be at their point B. I think one of the reasons people stay stuck in their career or in their current stage of business for as long as they are is because they're terrified of how they'll be perceived if they move on or change direction. They don't want to be seen like, oh, she's wishy-washy or, oh, he's non-committal or that person's very unprofessional. Like, look, they said that they were going to be this and now they're changing to this. It doesn't make any sense. But ultimately, it's we care about, well, one, that we're okay and that we're happy that we're giving the best of ourselves and we're serving from our highest selves. And two, every, everyone around us benefits, whether it's our company or our business or our partners or our colleagues or our clients, because they know that we're that we're bringing the best of ourselves in every single moment of every single day. You know, you said something there that, I, and which is so true that sometimes we're afraid about you know how other people are going to perceive this change of direction, right? Or people are going to think, oh, she's wishy washy, or she said this, and now she's that, right? And so, a couple of questions on that one was one. Do people really think that way? Or in your experience, do people actually think that way? Or was that one of those perceived fears that we have that's not really true? And two, um, I have this thought, and I wanted to confirm with you if this is the right way to think about it, is that part of the way that you would maybe um, address that is by the story that you tell as to why you made the shift? Or does that even matter? I, I mean, I was... I think, well, the first thing is, I, as, as you said, as it was confirmed from my personal experience and from people who I'm helping with this now, they don't really care. They're actually like, oh, wow, cool. Didn't know that was happening. Glad you told me. <laughs> you know, and, and people are much more understanding than we give them credit for. Uh, because I think a lot of this is, you know, speaking of stories, it's the stories we tell ourselves, right? And then the second part, as long as you're transparent and vulnerable about it, not to the point where you're profiting from your pain, but letting them know, hey, this is why I'm doing this. I found that I was no longer happy with this, or this was limiting me, or I wanted to express myself in a different way, or, 
you know, I want to serve you better as my audience or whatever that is. If you let people know, they're much more likely to want to follow you along the journey. I think there's a lot of sort of it's very easy, especially with social media and how I present ourselves online to kind of show the like shiny, authentic version of ourselves or the shiny version of ourselves. But there's some there's some real value to the connection that we emotionally feel to somebody when they let us in, when they invite us to take part on the journey with them. And so when I told people, you know, almost every single person who I've worked with since pivoting saw what I was going through after I lost my Lola when I was rebranding and, and the fact that I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. You guys, I feel, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit nervous about this, about this new direction. And, and it feels, it feels really overwhelming. It feels like I'm starting over. I know I'm not starting over, but here's what it feels like. And, and their words of, you know, comfort or, Hey, no, you've got this. That actually, I mean, not just the fact that they became clients, but they became friends of people who I knew became my cheerleaders as I was working through this. And there's a way that you can, there's a real value to, to our stories are our most powerful currency that we have for connection. So if we we're only as we're only as able to connect with other people as we allow them to connect with us. So why are we putting a barrier between them? That's, you know, preventing them from, from understanding where we're coming from, you know, and the right people, the people that you really care about, and the people that you want to care about whose opinions actually matter will tell you, I support you. I am now that you've told me that. And I understand the context for why you're making this change. I support you. How can I help? And it's, it's really, it's freeing. It's liberating. This has been really helpful. Kay, and I can spend hours talking to you about this, but I also want to be respectful of your time. One final question. Kay, is there a book that uh, has made an impact to you that you might uh, recommend? I love anything by Brene Brown. She's one of my favorite authors, but specifically, and I can't believe I didn't know this quote before her, but in Daring Greatly, she references the famous Teddy Roosevelt quote about the man in the arena. And, And, you know, coming back to this idea that we just talked about before of you not knowing, you know, you being afraid almost of the criticism of others. And this idea of it's not the critic who counts, but it's the person who's in the arena, who's face down, covered in blood and sweat and tears, who gets back up and dares greatly to try again, you know, or something to that effect. I don't have the quote in front of me, but that and just the whole concept of, you know, nothing, taking that concept of there's no there's no good in staying in your comfort zone. All the magic happens outside of it. And here's how you do that. And here are stories of people who have that for me was one of in recent memory, the, a book that I would recommend that I think would be so useful for your audience who's listening. Yes, that's a great book. Thank you for that recommendation. And finally, Kay, where can people find you online? Well, Kay Fabella, there's only one that I know of on in, on the internet. <laughs> Um, so at my website, kfabella.com or over on brandonabottle.com if they're looking for a Brandon website. And specifically, I, I wanted to put together something for, for your listeners. I think that the most common thing that people come to me for when they think, oh, story, can you help me with my bio? <laughs> like, you know, when they decide they want to change things up or they're, you know, on LinkedIn or their about page or whatever it is. 
And and so I thought, you know, one of the easiest ways for people to actually take charge of that and do something with it to change it today is put together a really quick guide for you. So if you head to my website at kcapella.com forward slash start here, there's a free about page audit that you can use to rewrite your bio today. Thank you so much, Kay, for spending time with me today and sharing your story and expertise to the Second Breaks listeners. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much, Lou. It was a pleasure. I hope you found this episode useful. For the show notes and links to other relevant resources, head on over to secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 51. And remember, when you're there, you'll see the link to register for the webinar, find your unique edge and always be marketable. So make sure that you register for it. That takes care of this week's episode of the Second Breaks podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on your podcast player so you'll never have to miss any future episodes. My name is Lou Blazer and I'll be back next week, I promise. Till then, keep on making your debt, my friend. Cool beans! This is the Second Breaks podcast. 